Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. This is an interesting Sunday uh, because it's sort of in a kind of liturgical no-man's land because we've left Pascha, we're celebrating Ascension, and we're waiting for Pentecost to happen. And in this sort of liturgical space, the church places the fathers of the First Ecumenical Council. And the reason for this can be found in today's Gospel reading. We read from the 17th chapter of John, which is the great prayer that Christ does for his disciples. And in this prayer, he says, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one as you and I are one. This, of course, throws at us a problem. What does it mean to be one? How is it possible that you and I can be one? Because it is fairly obvious to anyone with eyes and ears that we're not one. We're multiple separate human beings. This is why the coming of Christ and the incarnation of Christ is so radically important and has so radically changed reality. And his coming offers to us multiple ways in which we may experience this oneness. First and foremost, by becoming incarnate, he takes on our nature. And because we are made according to the image and likeness of God, and we declare that God is Trinity, one in essence, that means that in essence, we are all one as human beings. We are one in essence and in persons, a plethora. And so Christ reminds us that by merely existing as a human being, we can experience a kind of oneness. And this becomes important when Christ goes to the cross, the tomb, and gives us the resurrection because his humanity, his human nature, experiences resurrection. Therefore, every human being that ever was, is, or will be, will experience the resurrection. Because again, we are of one essence in our human nature. And since Christ's human nature has risen from the dead, everybody's human nature will rise from the dead. So again, in this way, by simply being a human being and acknowledging human nature, we can experience oneness. The fathers of the ecumenical councils, particularly the first, give us a second way in which to experience oneness. The ecumenical councils happen because there is a disagreement, a misunderstanding about who God is. Throughout time, people 
have tried to impose upon God what they want him to be. Various people have found it inconvenient or incomprehensible that God is who he is. It's easier for him to be something else. Uh, the first ecumenical council was arguing against Arius in his desire that God be separate from Christ, that Christ is some form of divine creature, that there was a time when the Son was not, because as a very highly educated intellectual, he could not reconcile God as the invisible, incomprehensible, ineffable being with Christ, the incarnate, tangible, touchable, knowable God. So he decided that it was necessary to separate the two so that each could exist in their own space. That was convenient. And it was also convenient for those in power because the way that that oneness gets expressed under Arianism is by doing the will of the Father and doing the will of those in power makes sense for those who wish to rule over people. Well, of course, if we go down that path, what good does the resurrection do? If Christ is a creature and we are united to a creature, nothing really changes. There's nothing radically different about uniting ourselves to another creature. So Christianity sort of becomes a waste of time. So the fathers of the church insisted that Christ and the Father are of one essence, so that by uniting to Him, we are uniting ourselves to the Father. And out of the First Ecumenical Council came the symbol of faith, which is sometimes translated as the Nicene Creed, but symbol of faith is the more accurate translation. And we say this in unison, as an entire people, so that we may be of one mind, one heart, and one voice about who God is, because that's what the symbol of faith declares. It declares that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that they are of one essence. So we say that in unison so that we might experience a second type of oneness, a oneness of mind, a oneness of heart, a oneness of voice about who God is. Now, if we look at the order of the liturgy and what happens in liturgy, we gather together as human beings, as the church. So we experience that first kind of oneness and we pray for all of humanity acknowledging that oneness. And then we declare to the world the symbol of faith so that we might be and experience that oneness of mind. And then we ask for the Holy Spirit to descend upon these gifts here presented. And then we are able to experience a third kind of oneness. The oneness that happens when we partake of the body and blood of Christ, where we become one with Him in the same way that He is one with the Father. We say that Christ is in the bosom of the Father, and by partaking of His body and His blood, He is in the bosom of you and I. So 
at a actual physical level, not just a metaphysical or a spiritual, but a physical level, we become one with Christ and through Christ, with the Father, and this happens all through the descent of the Holy Spirit. So we become one with the Trinity and we fulfill Christ's prayer for us that we are one in the same way that the Father and the Son are one. And thus we have these multiple ways in which to experience that oneness. But of course, God's goal for all of us, for the entirety of humanity, is not just to experience that oneness of being a human being, nor simply that oneness of mind which allows us to declare the symbol of faith with one voice, but to experience Him and that actual unity that He has with His Father. As He says, I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world that they, meaning you and I, may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Imagine being able to humiliate yourself by lowering yourself to being a human being, by allowing yourself to suffer, to go to the cross, and to die, and call that joy. Because through that salvific effort of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, we stand here today able to partake of His body and His blood and fulfill this prayer that we be one as He and His Father are one. And this is why it is important that we do what we do. Because when we partake of the body and blood of Christ, when we allow Christ's hand to reach forth from heaven to give us Himself, that first oneness becomes important again. Because in the same way that through the cross and the resurrection, that the very nature of Christ's humanity grants resurrection to all of humanity through our nature, so too does our partaking of the body and the blood. So that through us, all of humanity gets to partake. That through us, the work of God continues in this world, despite what happens in this world, despite what the world does to God, does to His church, or thinks about God. That through our dedication, our love, our desire to fulfill this prayer, then God works in the world through us. So that regardless of what happens, God is victorious. God accomplishes all that He sets out to do. This prayer is fulfilled. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, and to the ages of ages. Amen.